0: Hello and welcome to Onion Unlimited Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Torridon, and I'm joined again by my friend, Chris. This is the second time we've tried this live stream. So hopefully we can hear you this time, Chris.
1: Good morning, Daniel. Can you hear me? There we I go. We,
0: we can hear you all the way over from uh, Cleveland, Ohio. So we were just talking about the uh, the weather like you do. It's uh, yeah, it was- supposed to be winter here, but it's like really sunny. Cause it's Australia mm.
1: yeah now is that is that is that something that uh, you've already adjusted
0: to yeah I mean it's, it's not too bad at the moment because it's uh, it is sunny and it is warm but it's not like blistering heat I mean the the temperature today is let's have a look it's uh, we're at 18 18 yeah it's 18 degrees C today uh, which is like just a nice sort of temperature back in the UK yeah that's like a nice uh, a hot day in the UK but over mm. over here it goes up to like 34 degrees sometimes it's been known to go, go up to 40 Mariella reckon so this this Brit wow. this Brit is gonna be uh, gonna be melting in the real summer when it comes
1: I wish I wish that my brain was doing the arithmetic um, between Celsius and Fahrenheit because I haven't a clue what 40 degrees Celsius is in Fahrenheit any idea
0: oh God hold on a minute hey Google <laughs> What's uh, eighteen degrees Celsius? Eighteen
1: degrees Celsius
0: is equivalent to sixty-four point four degrees. Sixty-four degrees. Okay, okay. Yes, that's a nice that's a nice uh mild day, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, it's permanent sunshine here. Um unlike in the UK, like I was I was telling you earlier, un, unlike in the UK, it always seems like it's dark at nine o'clock in the morning. And then uh it go. It, it gets light, and then it's uh, it's dark again by about three pm. But I'm probably exaggerating.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We've had no, no, some. No, so uh, I, we've had some it's, amazing. It's not,
0: um, sorry, sorry, Chris, didn't catch you there. Say again.
1: Oh, just saying, it's not it's not dissimilar here. Um, you know, especially especially in the winter. I mean, hmm. boy, um, it, it, this, this it's pretty dark by by five o'clock. Yeah, pretty
0: dark. We've had some uh, amazing storms this last few evenings like really big ones like the old fork lightning and oh really everything yeah and it's been like directly above us as well so it's like felt like any moment the house is gonna get hit you know
1: <laughs> did, did now now so you're you're relatively new to australia did Ellis yeah. say that it was an unusually yeah. bad storm
0: no no they are fairly fairly frequent actually since i've been here we've had had quite a few they're like kind of almost like tropical storms, you know, the type with they're warm, but, they're, you know, loads of rain, but the rain is hot.
1: Oh, yeah, OK. Yeah. You get a lot of thunder and lightning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sheet lightning, um, the old fork lightning. It was funny as well, because I'd, I'd just done a uh, I'd, I'd just been preparing for a podcast about uh, the subject of Armageddon. So when I was a uh, when I was Jehovah's witness um one of the things that was like sort of rammed down oh, our throat oh. was that Armageddon was coming yeah that God was going to destroy everybody that wasn't a Jehovah's witness and it was always kind of depicted as this sort of end, end of the world sort of scenario with um lightning and hailstones the size of cars that will be taking people out and all this sort of thing you know and i would just be writing this uh writing this podcast transcript all about how i don't believe in armageddon anymore and then this this lightning storm started and i thought (laughs) uh hang on a minute (laughs) maybe i've offended somebody well
1: yeah we're we're hearing some um uh, you know i want to say doom and gloom but it's climate catastrophism so it's just yeah um uh, you know, there's, there's, it's hurricane season and there's things going on. And so um, you're hearing, you know, more and more about, uh, you know, whether it's, whether it's caused by climate change. And I'm, I'm skeptical um, to a certain degree, but we had some um, pretty gnarly uh, storms here also. And I could, I don't, Daniel, I promise you, I have never seen sustained lightning for so long. Yeah. I mean, it was like, 40 minutes of non-stop flashes of lightning it was
0: unbelievable
1: yep never seen anything like it.
0: and it's uh, it can be quite scary as well can't it mm. yeah <coughs> so we're going to kick back and have a uh, a little um a little live stream today We've got loads of stuff to catch loads of stuff to catch up with you um I'll just give you a bit of an overview of what I've got here. I think you wanted to talk about duality for a bit, didn't you? I do, yes. The duality, and that fits in nicely with something I've been looking at, which is all about consciousness and free will, mm-hmm. whether or not free will actually exists. And I want to talk about the branching universe theory, and also, the have you heard of the one electron theory? <laughs> yes.
1: The it's that- possible we talked about this before, but that's John Wheeler's single electron theory.
0: Yeah, I don't Uh, don't know if we have talked about that on this show before. I've talked about it on my Twitter feed. Okay. But it was one of those things where I'd kind of sat there thinking really, really deeply and come up with this theory about one particle and thought, wow, I wonder if I've got a great great idea here. And then uh, someone on Twitter said, oh, no, that, someone's already thought of that years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: I bumped into that. Yeah, I did bump mm. into that, and that's pretty fascinating. We, we should definitely talk about that. In
0: fact, yeah. it
1: ties into something I've been reading, uh, a fictional story I've been reading that I want to talk to you about also. Um, have you ever heard of uh, C.S. Lewis, Out of the Silent Planet? It's a, nope. it's a sci-fi
0: Novel. I've read some of C.S. Lewis. I've not read that one. I've read uh, C.S. Lewis's uh, Screw Type Letters.
1: Yes, that's a good one. Yes, they're good. But um, these are, you know, they're they're sci-fi uh, fiction. But like C.S. Lewis does, he weaves in all these religious ideas,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and like he did with uh, the Narnia uh, the Narnia books. Yeah. Um, so it's been really fascinating. I'm going to do episodes on each one of those. It's a three book series and I'm going yep. to do episodes on each one. Um, but there's something in there that ties in. So we'll, we'll I'll, I'll say.
0: Brilliant. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, That's so we'll do a bit, yeah. we'll do a bit of CS Lewis. That sounds good. And, uh, if we got time as well, a bit of Da Vinci code, mm-hmm. I've been, uh, watching the, uh, Da Vinci code, the angels and demons and inferno, uh, film with Mariella. She'd never seen Uh-oh. them before. So, uh, I thought I'd introduce her to those.
1: Nice. Well, how did she respond to them?
0: Yeah, loved them. Yeah, good. good. She loved that. She loved the first one. Loved the second one less. Loved the third one less again. So we should have oh. we should have watched them in reverse order. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, there we go. I've just uh, recently we've just finished watching the entire Marvel universe, mm. every single film from Iron Man in chronological order, all the way through. Oh
1: wow! Yeah. How long did
0: that take you? That's taken months. I mean, I, I've lived here since February, so we started in February and we only recently finished, yeah. Oh, um, just some news for you. I, I think I may yep. have told you. We got our uh, we got our civil partnership come through, so uh, we're now civilly partnered, me and Mariella, which is nice. Congratulations, um, man. Yeah, thank you. And uh, planning to get married at some point. Yeah. Um, and then we got, uh, got my visa through as well, my, my uh, temporary visa, which now allows me to stay here in Australia for two years.
1: Very nice. Good. So Good. Two
0: years. And then after that, we'll, uh, we'll see where we go. Right. So do you want to kick it off with uh, a bit of duality? Tell me what's been on your mind, Chris.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely kick it off with duality. So when you and I first met, I was in a phase where I was getting into panpsychism as an idea. I was introduced to the idea, and I was kind of fascinated by it. Okay. So, if you remember our first our first conversations, it probably came up a little bit a little bit more. Um, and for those people who don't know, um, the idea of uh, panpsychism it it means that that all is psyche. Pan, pan meaning all psyche, obviously. So everything is psyche, everything is mind, everything is conscious. Um, and it's a kind of a hippy dippy thing if, when you hear it the first time. You know, you're like, yeah, well, that's something that. That's something that hippies say, or if you're doing psychedelics, you're probably up that alley. And I'm not entirely innocent of those, either of those uh, charges, I'll say. Um, but I sort of, and, and of course, the, the idea of panpsychism is just that matter and mind aren't mm-hmm. separate things. They're, yep. they're really one thing. So it's just one argument to reconcile this idea that we're all familiar with, that we're made of a mind and a body, that we have a soul or mind and a, and a material body. And uh, you know we sort of are accustomed to thinking of ourselves like that, and it's it's a really it's a religious idea, it's a Christian idea, but it's also like an Aristotelian idea. It goes back a long ways that we're kind of two things. One of them is a spiritual thing, and one of them is a material thing. Mm-hmm. Dualism, we're two things, and never the the two shall meet, kind of thing. Um, and I like the idea of panpsychism because it reconciled them and. That has the reason that appeals to me is because I believe that when we talk about spirit, we're talking about God. And I, I don't really know how to define that well. Just you know, go with roll with me on it, and that it, it, it's always been intuitive to me that God, if God exists, God is one. So if spirit exists, spirit is one, and the idea that 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 the cosmos would come from God and somehow be somehow no longer be one was difficult for me to understand. It didn't seem mm-hmm. intuitive. It didn't seem, um, correct. I just like really resisted it. And so panpsychism gave me like a way of, um, making sense of it. Yep. Recent recently though, I've been thinking a lot more about it. I've been thinking a lot more about the sort of traditional Christian notion of having a body and a soul. And, uh, I'm just struggling with it a little bit and I'll, I don't really know how to get to the point daniel so i'll just try i'll try to be around the bush a little bit so <laughs> okay so you, you, you've heard me say some of this before but there's this there's this idea if we're talking about um while we're talking about christianity there's this idea that jesus is both god and man both yep. both matter and spirit at, at once yep and and Jesus is the incarnation of the Spirit, the Spirit made embodied, the Spirit embodied or made flesh. Mm-hmm. And I, you, and I've told it, you know this to you many mm-hmm. times before. Is like I don't really see a difference between that description and the description of you and I as a as a embodied Spirit. Yeah, Jesus was an embodied Spirit. We are embodied Spirits. That Spirit is one, and so is God. In both cases, it's Jesus was God incarnate, and so are you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I've I've been thinking about this idea of like um, you know um, like in the Book of Genesis when Jesus when excuse me when God breathes the the rock Adonai the breath of life into the form of Adam and brings it to life, He's putting the spirit of God into the material form and animating it. It comes to life with with the spirit of God having Mm -hmm. possessed the form.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep.
1: Okay. And. And so there's this notion of possession, like spirit possession, and incarnation in the way that we would talk about Jesus, that don't seem to be different things. They seem to be different words for the same thing. Mm -hmm. Let me just stop right there, because that's a little bit of a blasphemous sort of uh, flavor to it, to suggest that possession and incarnation are somehow the same thing. What do you think about that?
0: Right. I've been making a few notes while you've been going through that. So... From an Advaitist point of view, uh Advaitist basically means um there's only only one again, non-duality. That's that's the idea. Um in terms of Advaitism, everything is one, but there is the illusion of duality. So, for example, you know, when you when you've got two people, there's an there's an illusion that there are two people. But in actual fact, it's the same same person, same consciousness. Um, That makes a that makes things like, for example, reincarnation, spirit possession, that sort of thing difficult, because if there's only one, you know, what is it that's traveling between the different bodies? Yeah, that's that's initially what I thought when you were talking about that. Now, I was uh, reading Uh, A a good explanation on this a while back from an uh, Advaitist teacher. And he was saying that uh, if you imagine that there is one consciousness, so just one one consciousness, call it one spirit, one one God, whatever you want to call it, one consciousness. And imagine that one consciousness is like the sun. okay, and like the sun, the sun shines on everything. Yeah, so like that, the one consciousness shines on everything. All bodies it shines on it shines on you it shines on me it shines on my dog my cat it shines on uh, rocks and trees and, and all these other sort of things um, so everything possesses um, how can I put this Every everything is shone upon by the consciousness yeah. but it's a case of whether or not the thing that the Sun is shining on reflects the consciousness so, for example, if you think of us as being like buckets. So that would be our body and then the bucket is full of water and that would be like our soul. The consciousness shines upon the, the, the water in the bucket and it's reflected and you've got a, an animated, uh, conscious, sentient uh, being in, in that case, whereas if it's shining yeah. upon a rock, you know, the consciousness is still there. It's shining on the rock. But it's not reflecting it in the, in the oh, same manner. It's quite good, isn't it's, it? And that's and,
1: the distinction between animate and inanimate objects. Animate
0: and inanimate. And then what you've got with the reincarnation thing, um, when the water leaves the bucket, so when the life force leaves the bucket, that water, that sun can still be shining upon that bucket, but because the, the reflective um, element has gone it's no longer reflecting the actual consciousness. So that is now a dead bucket. It's mm. no longer, no longer reflected, but that whatever that is that leaves the bucket that can move between that, that could find itself in a new bucket. Mm. Yeah. So it's yep. that that moves between it. It's not the consciousness that moves between it. Um,
1: uh, yeah. Okay. It's not the
0: consciousness. There's only one consciousness. But it's, it's the reflective element, the element that, that... So what I'm saying on that is a cabbage probably is conscious, but yes. not to the degree we are. <laughs> right. It can't reflect the consciousness the same way as we are.
1: So this this is... A, I'll tell you what this brings to my mind, and this is weird, but mm-hmm. maybe but maybe not so weird. We, we tend to think traditionally that our, um, that our consciousness, our spirit, our soul, whatever you want to call it, it, it exists within our mind or within our self it's contained within our self
0: yeah we we tend to the scientific view these days tends to be that consciousness is a byproduct of the actual physical brain yeah
1: right mm-hmm. and from a religious perspective i have a soul within my body that that is responsible for my life and animation mm-hmm. and consciousness yep, yep. it's with, it's within me right and the 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 idea that you just picture you just painted for us is of it not not existing within me but Shining down upon me and I'm so this yeah. might be something like the receiver model, right? It's it consciousness mm-hmm. is the is the wave coming in and I'm, I'm the receiver right something like that
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean I, I would I would just say uh, I mean the way that Advaitis person described it you kind of split the consciousness into the the reflective element the water within the bucket and an external consciousness. Personally, I, I I would say that you could get rid of that soul idea within the person. You could just say that if the human, if, if the body is, if the bucket is developed enough, you know, you could, you could swap bucket out for a mirror. If you've got, you could have like a, a reflective <laughs> surface that is not very reflective or very reflective. Yeah. Uh, the sun shines on it and it reflects depending on the. Uh, the extent to which that reflective surface is, you know, clean or or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I would say it's more, I would say the ability to reflect is probably a biological thing. It's to do with the evolution of the, the body and the brain. And the body and the brain is, in humans has reached a point where it can reflect that consciousness in a, in a way that we translate as, you know, sentience. Because mm. I, th- I, th- I, don't, I don't go with this whole idea that dogs and cats are just working on pure instinct. I think, I think there's definitely a, a consciousness going on with animals. Yeah. Uh, it's Inst- just maybe not as well developed as ours.
1: Right. Yeah, in- instinct is interesting. I, I don't think that it's like a mechanical cause and effect. No. I think it's clearly an animal is, is a, a sentient being. Hmm. um it's not sentient to the level of you and i
0: although although <laughs> in this co- uh, it, 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 a bit later in this conversation not yet but i'd like to get onto the thought of free will oh yeah yeah and uh i'm not 100 percent sure that there is actually free will i think we might all be instinctive
1: Okay. Continue.
0: Continue, though. I'm sorry, I cut you off there. No, no, no. I'm. I'm
1: I'm curious about when we get there because Mm. I I have an angle on this. I think we've talked about it before, but I have an angle on it. Um, Okay, so here's my here's my issue.
0: Yeah, with the this is with the duality
1: with the duality. Presby. So yeah. I'm just going to symbolize this idea of duality using what I the, the story we were just talking about the Adam the creation of Adam from the Bible you've got the clay form yep. and you've got the breath of God the spirit and the body
0: right? Yep. So I would say that that's the bucket and the water. Okay.
1: The bucket and the water. Yep. Yes. Yes. Um but if they what I'm trying what I'm trying what I'm struggling with is understanding them understanding the body and the spirit to be one thing when the religious perspective would have it that the soul was put into it like as though it were a it were a different thing mm. um, It's like God God creates the form God creates the spirit but God also is the form and is the spirit so there's a there's a I and mean, maybe this is just a kind of kind of a temporal, you know, paradox that I that I I'm going to struggle with as long as I'm living, um, but this is and I'm not and I know I'm not explaining it well, but this is this is the issue that I'm that I'm uh, trying to describe that I'm struggling with. I, I I feel like there's some real wisdom, profoundness in the idea that the cosmos mm-hmm. and individuals are in incarnation. So. Everything that is that exists materially um, is possessed by that same spirit. Uh, yep. Whether we're talking about a planet or a person or the entire cosmos, um, it's filled with with spirit, and that's what animates it. And that's what's Absolutely. responsible for yep. for mo- for motion and action and cause and effect and entropy and gravity and everything.
0: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. i I'd, I'd say that the. Um, was it Nikola Tesla said that if you want to understand the universe, think in terms of vibrations. Mm. Um, you know, you 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 talk about things like wind and gravity and uh, different, you know, different different effects, electromagnetism, all mm. these sort of things. I would say that that's probably that's all an effect of the consciousness working on the universe, so it's causing ripples in it. That's, that's so what I, would say. I,
1: I don't make I don't make a distinction between the con the, the disembodied consciousness, the thing we're calling God mm-hmm. and the and the universe. I, I don't I don't think there's I see. a distinction yeah,
0: yeah, 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 I see. I see. Yep.
1: And I'm trying yeah. to understand how it is that it's one thing. And it's kind of the same mm-hmm. question that you and I first talked about it's kind of the same question i'm still i'm still struggling
0: with well let's strip it back to uh, let's strip it back to the the, the very very basics in terms oh. of vibrational yeah um you've got electromagnetism that works as a wave field yeah mm-hmm. and the idea that the 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 frequencies, let's just say that that is essentially what the universe is at its, at its core. It's just vibrations. Yeah. And those vibrations are crashing over each other. And that's where we get the illusion of a particle in a particular place, you know, and one particle, two particles, then you, then you've got an atom, then you've got a molecule, then you've got something bigger, but it's effectively just a, a crashing of a dance of, um, Kind of vibrations that are giving the illusion of the the, the physicality of it, you know, whether that's mm-hmm. stars or planets mm-hmm. or, or bodies or whatever. But at the at the essence, it's it's just um, it's just vibrations. So could it could it actually be that it's let, let let's reduce the consciousness. Let's say that that is vibrations of some sort. Let's say that is the universal vibratory field, the consciousness, okay. and that it's the consciousness itself that is producing everything that appears to be solid so he's it's doing it's, it's killing two birds with one stone it's producing the physicality of the universe mm-hmm. but it's but it's also producing the the thought processes that go on in in the human mind yes
1: i like that i like that i like there's a lot about that i like i like the idea that you the picture you painted of the of the various waves um, interacting with each other, Mm -hmm. the interact, the interaction, the result of the interaction being the creation of more sophisticated patterns. And those patterns go from a, maybe like you, you might say like an energetic or a mental phenomena Mm -hmm. in, in, through increased complexity, becoming a, an, an actual physical phenomena or, or the illusion of one. And I don't know which is the case, but it doesn't really matter, which is the case. Um, so I so here's here's what I what what I would say the and again I don't know if this is right but it's like the medium what's being acted upon what are the waves in or of what are they made of or what are they in what is the medium that uh, they, yeah. that, they're in? <laughs> that 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 to me is God the medium
0: the medium also, is God okay. but also
1: the excitations that's God so. God is both the, the thing that exists and the action upon it that results in the creation of the material cosmos mm. and consciousness and all that all that other stuff
0: well what you're, what you're what you're describing there sounds awfully similar to the quantum vacuum in in, go in, on. in well you can have you know you know like if you uh, if you take a box and you you put some space in it so there's nothing in it. There's nothing in it as far as you're concerned, but it's there is when, you know, it's it's space space time is in that box. Yeah. But if you were yes. able to take even the space time out of that box, so there's absolutely nothing in there, like nothing um, that would actually particles would or, or vibrations would still arise within that box. So the quantum vacuum is the idea that you can never have nothing. If if you, if you think you've got nothing, all of a sudden you've got something again. Mm-hmm. So maybe yes. maybe the nothing is is the ah now I see where that might be coming in. The nothing might be God is uh nothing and God is everything. God is the God is the box with nothing in it and God is the vibrations.
1: Yes. Yes. And
0: then you've got a, you've ah okay. So maybe duality at that level is needed. Yeah. Duality at that level is needed for anything to exist. Yes. And that, that would come, so. sorry, that would come back very much to the uh, Advaita or the Hindu idea in general that you've got uh, Brahman, Unmanifest and Brahma manifest you have to have those two sides in order for something Mm -hmm. to you've got to have nothing for something to exist
1: Yes Yes, there's something to that Daniel. There's something (laughs) to what you said. That's profound and true Um, Whether whether we can make it clearer. I don't know but there's something very true about that Let's try I wonder if if the do if the dualism is itself an illusion like the the uh, example that you brought up earlier, where you're talking about the waves interacting, and you actually said, you know, it's almost like they crashing back into each other. Mm. And so in this in this image, you have you have the wave, which in the this analogy is God, but when the wave crashes into the wave, which is also God, and folds back over onto itself, which is itself, then you see the tip of the wave pointing back down and observing itself yes. right now you have the one thing in with with the perception of of being two it be it's almost like a, a an image of self-consciousness looking in a mirror right the yep. wave is crashing back onto itself you know what's crashing back onto it itself right it's so yep. you know the, is that dualism it is and it isn't
0: Hmm. It's, it's the uh, it's a case of thinking about thinking again isn't it Yes, is it dualism? Um, I would say yes from the yes from the manifested point of view. It probably is dualism from the manifested point point of view because uh, when, it, when 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 uh, the the manifested universe everything appears to be separate, doesn't it? Right. But then I think Hindus, particularly Advaitis, would say that is an illusion. It's not that it's not real. It's just that it's not the complete story. The complete story Mm. is that everything is one and there are no separate things.
1: Let me me throw a curveball at you before I forget it. (laughs) So when you you were talking earlier about um, consciousness shining down like the the sun onto Mm. all the beings, imagine that same picture, but let's do it like this. You know, uh, I don't know what you call this. Um, I'm not really sure the right phrase, but, you know, the um, trains or the trolleys that run through the town on the tracks and they're electrified. And so, um, you know, you put the train on the track and whether it's whether it's hitting a power line above it or whether it's powered by the track itself. Mm -hmm. um, As soon as you put the train on the track, it's powered. It's going right. yep Um, You take the train off the track. It's not going anywhere. So imagine imagine space yep whatever it, whatever it is is like this electrified uh, trolley track
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the electricity is consciousness yep and and every body that finds itself in space on that electrified track is then filled with possessed by mm-hmm. that electrical field so rather than shining down on everything imagine space being the source of, of the shining and all the objects that are sitting on it or in it, you know, planets and people and everything yeah, else
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: are are picking up the electricity and being animated, filled with that field that it's in. So I, I guess what I'm saying here is, is, is it possible that space, the thing that we look at and see as though it's nothing, and you just brought that up when you said God is both nothing and something – Maybe that space that we look up at and say, oh, it's a vacuum. It's got nothing in it. It's got no properties or qualities. It's empty space. Maybe that is significantly more. Maybe that is something way more fundamental. Uh, Maybe it's everything. Maybe it's God. I don't know. I'm spitballing here, but what do you think? Mm. Outer space.
0: Yeah. 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 I think I, I know right from being very, very young, I'm talking like kind of seven or eight years old, I used to try and think of nothing. How do you get to nothing? And I could never get to nothing. Even if if I could imagine like a completely empty blank space as a conscious entity, I still had the idea of up, down, back, forward.
1: Mm, Yes. It
0: was still a dimension of sorts. And I think that dimension Uh is probably the container within which the vibrations probably occur but the vibrations themselves it's the actual space itself that's moving isn't it Mm. or being distorted
1: so this is another kind of strange thing but i'll just put it out there i don't know that there is a difference maybe there is Between the space of imagination that you just described, when you're closing your eyes and you're Mm -hmm. trying to imagine nothing and what you've got is an infinite, you know, three dimensional uh, virtual space and outer space, like physical space. Is, Is there a difference between the space of our imagination and the space out there?
0: No, I don't th- I don't think there is, because I think when you're when you're thinking, I've mentioned this before in the podcast, when you're when you're thinking. Um, oh, we've just got Mariella's popped on the live stream. She says the vacuum may well be God. It plays into the duality of nothingness to create something. <laughs> Chris, I love it. Maria. Chris is going I love it. Chris is going like that. What was the question again? I forgot.
1: <laughs> um <ugh. laughs> I've lost it. We're, no, I've lost uh, it now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Listen.
1: It must not have been that important. Um
0: the space, the space, let me get let me just backtrack. So the the space it's oh yeah, is there a difference between uh, space in your head and space in space? Um yeah. when you're thinking, I've said this on a podcast before, when you're thinking it's it involves time. Because mm. like mentally you're putting one thought yes. after another, after another. Yes.
1: Yeah. You did. Yes, you did. It's yep. only
0: like kind of when you're meditating that you can sort of reach a point where you're not actually thinking of anything. And that's a really weird experience, but more often than not, it's a linear flow forward, isn't it? And I think, yes. I think from the Einstein's uh, theory point of view, as soon as you've got time, you've got space, time and space are completely connected. So I think it's entirely possible to have physical space created even from a conscious entity that's thinking. Mm. I don't know.
1: Yeah. What do you think? Well, there's like this, it's like this strange fractal picture there that I like. I don't, I don't understand it, but I like it.
0: Can I share a, a Bible verse with you?
1: I would love
0: it, yes. Let me just see if I can find this one. It's in uh, it's in Romans somewhere. Uh, this is one of those, right, so it's, it writes, I don't know if you've got a Bible there, have you? Romans, Romans 8, verse 39.
1: Um, I do. It's over there, though. That's uh, okay. I'll, I'll read I'll it
0: to you. What translation do you fancy? New International?
1: Listen, I'm old school. I like the King James version. All right,
0: we'll go with that then. Okay, King James—a little bit, slightly different uh, version. We'll go with uh, we'll, we'll go with New King James version. How's that? Because that's a right, little, little bit uh, easier to understand. Right. It says, uh, "Nor height, nor depth." This is Romans eight, verse thirty-nine. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing. That implies that height and depth are a creation. Just the yes. concept of height and depth, just the concept of left, right, up, down, three-dimensional space is a creation, and it's a creation mm. of God's consciousness.
1: It's interesting because... So before
0: that, there would be... Before that height and depth, there would be a... A, a zero-dimensional universe, which could be God yes. Himself, could be God itself.
1: Yeah, yes. That that see that, I don't know what a zero-dimensional universe is, but I'll tell you what that symbol means. <laughs> it means the some. It means the something that is everything. Exactly what you just said. It's yep. the it's the nothing it's the nothing that is everything. That's what I meant
0: to say. Yeah. Well, what happens? And I, I think we've looked at this before as well. What happens, I think, is you start from a base point of simplicity, and the simplest thing you can have is nothing. The simplest form of dimension would be no dimension. Yeah. And yes. then as it as creation begins, it gets more complex. So you end up mm-hmm. you end up with uh, instead of nothing, you've got something. Instead of like no dimensions you've got one dimension two dimension three dimensions you know dimension of time which i think is probably wrapped up with the first three oh. dimensions anyway but then i mean we may not be able to receive it or understand it but there's other dimensions beyond our own aren't there so i think if you if you're looking for the god point you've got to take things away that's where the answer is it lies it lies in the simplicity not in the not in the complexity Complexity. So you're more likely, you're more likely to find answers about God, for example, looking on a quantum level than you are on a universe level. Mm. Because the smaller you get, you know, you get down to the quark, which is the smallest, smallest particle that we know of. At that point, Mm -hmm. I think you're knocking on God's door. No, I would agree
1: with that. Um, So, so I want to go back to the image we were talking about, about the clay figure of Adam and the breath of God. Mm -hmm. And I want to, I want to give you a slightly different version of this and tell me what you think. So we can take a form and let's call that a symbol. Let's call it a, a picture or a word. I can take a form and I can, and I can. I guess what I'm, I, what I'm trying to do is, is make an analogy to language. So I take a form like the form of Adam. In this case, it's a symbol rather than mm-hmm. a clay form, and I breathe the breath of God into it. In this case, it's something like meaning. So I've got a symbol, I've a word, and it's imbued with meaning. And there's something about this that reminds me of a human being, the form of a human being imbued with a soul. And and because the language is so it's so um, connected to religion whether we're talking about prayers or uh, you know incantations or you know the name of god or any of these things words are so important the word itself the logos i wonder mm-hmm. what you think of that idea like like human beings create a form and imbue it with a spirit that's a meaning and we call that a word and and god created a form and imbued it with a spirit and that, that is, in the Bible, is called the Word, the Logos. What do you think?
0: Mm. Okay, so the Word, so coming from my Jehovah's Witness background, uh, we used to say that the Word itself was Jesus in a pre-human condition alongside God. So, you know, in the beginning, the Word was, and the Word was God and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, yeah? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Logos. The Jehovah's Witness Bible has chosen to translate that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. They've kind of come up with this like dual thing at the beginning where you've got God and you've got Jesus, but Jesus wasn't called Jesus. He was called the Word, and he was God's first uh, creation. So God created Jesus. And then together, every, they created everything else. That's that's the JW idea. And then you've got uh, you've got Jesus. God then takes Jesus and he kind of squishes him down and puts him in Mary's womb, and then he's born as a man. Yeah, and that's that's where John says uh, we had a had a, a glimpse of uh, the glory of God because we saw the Word of God uh, in human <laughs> flesh. Yeah. Um, I never really kind of bought into that when I read that. I didn't like the translation. I thought it was a better translation to say in the beginning, uh, in the beginning was uh, the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And this is the reason I don't think that word in John 1, 1 is actually talking about a separate uh, conscious being, I think it is exactly what it says on the tin. It is the word of God, the logos of God, the logic of God, the yeah. thought process of God, the consciousness of God, the thought out plan of God. Yeah. Mm. Um, you could say God himself, you know, the, the Bible writer said, and the, and the logos was God um, the same way as my <coughs> thought, that my thoughts are me. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then in that, in that, John 1-1 situation, uh, the word of God, the very logic of God, the plan of God, the thoughts of God actually became embodied in a man, manifested as a man, and that man was Jesus. Yeah. Mm. So coming back to your point at the beginning, if if, if that's what God could do with Jesus, this is from a scriptural point of view, if God can think himself into a man effectively that's what we're saying that he manifested as a man um then yes i think that's probably very much the same process that was going on with adam and probably the same as is going on with us we probably we are the manifestation of god as indeed the entire universe is maybe the maybe the entire universe is the word of god the expression of god
1: well see i i i I, don't think there's a, a distinction between logos and God. I think logos is the spirit of God, and I agree with you that it mm. has connotations about order, you know, the form and order and the plan and destiny. Um, the the logos has all those connotations, um, but I but I at least I choose to to believe that there is no distinction. Um, so mm. in the beginning was in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. Now that's interesting because it reminds me again of dualism,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: In the beginning, the word was God and with God. Right. So it's like the word is one thing. And yet it's here. It's it's God and with God. So it's one and it's two. So even there you have a, you have dualism creeping mm. in, don't we? Mm.
0: Well, again, this is this is like my thoughts are me, but I can think about me.
1: See, I think. I think the the Hindus, the Avedists that you're talking about, mm-hmm. would not agree would not agree with you when you say your thoughts are you. I, I think they would say that that what you are is Brahman, and and yes. Brahman doesn't have, Brahman doesn't have thoughts. Bra, yep. Brahman is is conscious. Yeah, they would they um, would say
0: that what I'm what I'm kind of talking about there is an illusion of duality again. Yeah, yeah, they would. Yeah, yeah.
1: So. Last thing, I know I, we we talked about this for a while, but I, the last thing I want to ask you about this, you, mm-hmm. you mentioned you mentioned um, the Spirit of God descending into Mary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that like, gives us the illusion of a mechanism for how the Spirit incarnates. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's the illusion of a mechanism because I don't really know what it means that God, the Spirit of God descended on Mary. But I, I've been reading a lot of um, Carl Jung. we talked about this. I've been reading a lot of Carl Jung, and he studied, for some reason, he studied the alchemists.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And one of the things he said the alchemists, this is how he described it. He said the alchemists, of course, were trying to turn base metals into gold. And yep. the whole logic there was they believed that everything was constantly transforming and becoming more perfect. And the alchemist's job was to speed up the process. So you could take lead that's that's not yet gold but will be after enough time and, and natural processes – But the alchemists could figure out how to speed that process up and turn the lead into gold and purify it and perfect it and make it something more valuable. And they were like these, you know, really primitive early scientists. And they're kind of like mystical and they're very interesting characters, these alchemists. And they were trying to figure out how they could. okay, how do I put this? Um, That that thing that is transforming nature. They believed that thing to be. They called it the spirit Mercurius. Okay, that's the god Mercury, the, the Roman god Mercury. And you might wonder about that. Like, what is that? What is that all about? So Mercury was the messenger of the gods. Right? He he has he has wings on his hat and on his heels, and he goes up to heaven and down to earth. He's constantly flying back and forth. Um, he's bringing messages. He's the messenger of God. And that's related to the Tower of Babel image, by the way, of mm-hmm. the angels go not Tower of Babel, the uh, Jacob's Jacob, ladder, Jacob's angels there, going yeah. up and down, right? And so, this spirit of, of Mercury is hard to. Um, the spirit of Mercury is the Logos. It is the spirit of God. It's the thing that connects heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that it's the thing that connects the spirit and matter the spirit mercurius okay and the alchemists thought this was what was responsible for the transformation of things and you can understand that if you ever look at mercury if you ever play with mercury it, it's constantly changing shape it's 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 it brings it fascinates you if you see it so this was their image and they thought that if they could get their hands on Mer, on the spirit of mercurius if they could figure out how to get it then they could do magical things with it. If only I could get that spirit of transformation, if I could pin it down and, and harness its power, then I could take lead and I could make gold. Then I can make the philosopher's stone. Then I can make the, the key to eternal life. If only I can grab a hold of that mercurial sp- spirit. So what they wanted to do was figure out how do we get the spirit so that we can make it do our bidding. And here's the symbol that they came up with for it. They came up with the the symbol of a snake or a serpent, Mm -hmm. nailed to a tree. We're gonna take the spirit of Mercury, the snake, and we're gonna fix it to the matter. We're gonna nail it to the matter. And they also used a cross. So nailing a snake to a tree or a cross. And so you get this weird image of the snake from the garden and the crucifixion of Jesus wrapped into one symbol. It's very strange. so I don't exactly know where I was going with this idea, but it's the idea of how does the spirit get trans, get transfixed into matter?
0: So I am tending to think more these days that the, what we call the Holy Spirit, if, if you're a Christian or a Bible believer, is probably just, uh, I say just, it's, it is the vibratory force that's running through the universe. Mm-hmm. It's the matrix it's the matrix itself that is the spirit and that is god and that is what causes the illusion of the universe being manifest that is actually the holy spirit i don't i don't think it's a i don't think it is so much of a supernatural thing as 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 people think it is you know i mean back back in the day before electricity was created <laughs> I mean, it was a uh, was it Faraday? I think at the London College. He did an experiment where he had like a, a coil and a magnet, and across the room, there across the other side of the table, not connected, was a needle. And he passed the the magnet through the coil and produced an electromagnetic field, and the needle at the other end of the table mm. was moving. Mm. Even though there was no connection. Moving. Yep um and everyone thought that was magic that's like what's going on you know and yet now we live in a world where there's like microwaves and wi-fi and and all of that i think it's i think the spirit probably is just a an electromagnetic field of some sort
1: it's an interesting idea and it and it just to close the circle on that if the spirit is part of or identical to,
0: identical to the these.
1: field the, mm-hmm. the field that we that we understand to be matter and space yep if that's the case then there is no need to affix the spirit of mercury to the matter it's it's all, it already is it's the already
0: matter. it already is the matter yeah and it's it's producing the producing the uh, the matter mariella's just posted uh, i always thought that john one was talking about god's purpose yep and then she's also said, Isaiah 55, 11, my word that goes out of my mouth will not return to me without results. It will certainly accomplish whatever is my delight, and it will sure, have sure success in what I send it to do.
1: So that is interesting. That is interesting. That's a good one, isn't it? So, Isaiah
0: 55, 11.
1: Uh, I'm sorry, you said which book?
0: Isaiah uh, 55, verse 11. I'll just read it again. It says, my word that goes out of my mouth... My word that goes out of my mouth will not return to me without results. It will certainly accomplish whatever is my delight, and it will have sure success in what I send it to do. That's the words of the Lord, Isaiah 55, 11.
1: So, Mariella, the hair standing up on my arms. <laughs> I, I, so, I don't know about you, Daniel, but when I hear that, I, I have a vision. I have a visual, um, and it is uh, God speaking the word, whatever word that might be and the word being a being that that has a purpose and a will and stands alone and it won't come back to him until it's done what it it meant to do and every word that comes and every word that's spoken from god is a is a
0: well i think that's i think that is the essence of what john 1 1 is basically saying that god god kind of spoke jesus into existence That's effectively what he said. I spoke Jesus into existence the same way as in Genesis chapter one. It talks about uh, God speaking everything into existence, doesn't it? Let light come to be and light came to be. Let this happen and that happened. Yeah, it's the word of God. But it's the it's not like a word the way that we think of a word. It's more a command. It's a it's Mm -hmm. a thought process. It's an intent. It's an intent Mm -hmm. scripturally. Now, whether or not whether or not I kind of. Uh, believe the Bible as as that being literal or whether I would put more of a scientific spin on it, you know, that there is this underlying source that has intent and it produces, you know, um, or whether, whether the intent actually is the quantum vacuum from the point of view that if there's nothing, it has to produce something because that's just the opposite of nothing. Mm. Whether, whether there actually is conscious, Thought going into all of this. I don't know but at the end of the day I think once once there's a manifestation occurred then you definitely can say there's consciousness there
1: Yep, and I and I think that goes right back to the dualism idea, too. Mm. I, I don't think that To be conscious you have to be um, You have to be aware and there needs to be something to be aware of yep. So being aware is this is the singular the first-person perspective being aware of something, right, that implies another thing. So you, yeah. consciousness requires a, a dualism or the illusion of dualism, whichever yep. it is, Yeah. but it's one or the other, I think.
0: Absolutely, yeah, and I think if uh, God or source or the universe or whatever wasn't wasn't on that level, you'd just have this kind of blob of uh, nothingness, of no space, no time, no conscious thought, nothing. You know, that's that's the absence of everything, isn't it? Going back to your, your quantum vacuum again. So what have we what have we decided there that uh, we think possibly God, the spirit of God, the universe, uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, electromagnetism, magnetism, the waveform, the matrix, whatever you want to call it. The whole thing is one and the same thing. I think,
1: yes, I think so. Uh, but I, I think the illusion is important. The illusion of dualism is important. Mm. It's associated with it's associated with perception and consciousness and matter and all the stuff that we experience. And that's it that's interesting in and of itself. It's like it's like it's important that God it's important that God tricks itself.
0: Yes. Right? Like there's yeah, a yeah. Reason,
1: there's a reason for the illusion. It has a purpose and yeah. that's, you know, and the Hindus are are sensitive to that too. It's like Maya has a purpose. Yep. Oh, I mean, we could get off in a tangent there as to explaining why that is, but we don't have to. I think we can get to we can get to free will. But before we do, I want to add when you were talking about the word in that passage from Isaiah, I wanted to say that you can't speak a word without breath. Right? Mm. Every every spoken word requires that that slight exalt ex- exaltation. So. So the the Rakhadunai, the spirit of God that was breathed into Adam, um, there's a, there, there's a parallel there to a spoken word, a spoken breath. You know what I mean? Something like that. And and the cre- the result in Genesis was a standalone human human being, an entity of its own. There the 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 uh, in, uh, in the Isaiah passage, it seems similar to me. The word spoken out won't come back until it's done what it needs to do. Yep. It's it, it's it's exactly that same image to me of uh, of the breath going in Adam and bringing mm. Adam to life.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that's uh, that's definitely the uh, the scriptural scriptural side of things. Um, I, th- I think as a Jehovah's Witness, I tended to sort of view things very literal as well. Um, I think these days I view things more allegorical. Um, mm. But I do think there's definitely a, an actual real process that's going on behind the scenes. And uh, Mariella and I have uh, both said that we don't actually... So many things are classed as supernatural if we don't understand them. If we understood them, we'd just say, oh, it's science. Right. You know? So whatever's going on here, <laughs> God, the, you know, the spirit, whatever, I think the whole thing is, is probably understandable. I don't think it's outside the grasp of being understood if we just knew where to look. <clears throat> I think that's it. And I've, I think where I think where everything's really going amiss with with the whole quantum side of things is everyone's looking at particles like you've, you know your electrons and your neutrons, your protons. You've got your uh, your quarks and all these particles as being different particles from one another. You know. Um, yeah. I watched a documentary a while back. Again, I think that was at the London London College. And uh, some physicists are starting to wonder whether or not what they're looking at is the same thing, just from a different angle. Mm. Um, e- even to the point where, you know, the different fields, like you've got your graviton field and your, your neutron field and your electron field. Yes, like, field yeah. is, is it is it just the same field, but just being looked at from a from a different perspective? And that boils down to uh, e- even some people think that there may actually just be one particle, one particle mm. that's that's a- effectively moving so fast that it can be in multiple places at once. In terms of the, remember the old etcher sketches? Did you do you remember those as a kid? You yes, a little. Yeah, and you used to. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, sure,
1: yeah. yes, etcher sketch. Yes,
0: that's it, and. Um, <laughs> It was just like one little tiny bead that sort of moved through time. If you can imagine that it moved through the screen, if you can imagine that being everywhere at once, I suppose it's a little bit like uh, on the old TVs, you know, the old CRT monitors. It used to scan, didn't it? And it was only one beam of light, but it, it moved so fast that it gave a, a big picture. So it could actually it could actually be that God, whatever God is, whatever the spirit is, it is just... One very very tiny little thing that's moving about every every place in the universe simultaneously, painting the picture of the universe.
1: So uh, I love this. I want to get into this idea more. But I I, earlier I I told you that you said something that reminded me of that C.S. Lewis book that I'm reading that Mm. that that his fictional sci-fi series. Um, And and as you were speaking, another one popped in my head, and I I want to see if I can read it to you. Um, Hold on, let me see if I can if if I can find it quickly.
0: Uh, C.S. Lewis was uh, was he an atheist and then he became a Christian, or the other way around? That's
1: a good question. He was de- he was definitely a Christian uh, when he was doing when he was you know writing all his books and so forth. Um, hold
0: on, I think he might have lost lost his faith at some point because he lost his wife, didn't he?
1: Oh yeah, I don't know the uh, history. I it's uh, a shame. I should probably know it. I don't.
0: There's um, a uh, a film I think called Shadowlands about oh, the life of wow. C.S. Lewis. I think that's C.S. Lewis. I'm
1: um, gonna yeah. have to get that. Yeah. All right. So here we go. So um, in this book, um, <laughs> well, it's sort of difficult. So in this book, uh, he the main character finds himself on a, on an alien planet. He's learning about the the aliens that live there, including their um science and their religion and um there's a sort of a fairy or spiritual type of creature that exists on this Mm -hmm. on this other planet and um he's the guy the the spirit itself is trying to explain it explaining um them and he says he says body is movement body is movement Mm -hmm. he says he says um, if it is if it is one speed, you smell something. If at another, you hear a sound. If at <laughs> a, another, you see a sight. But mark this: that the two ends meet. And the guy says, "What do you mean?" And he says, "If movement is faster uh, than that which moves, um, if if movement is faster than that which moves, um, then that which moves is more nearly in two places at once. Uh-huh. If movement." If movement were faster still, (laughs) the moving thing would be in all places at once.
0: Yes. Okay. So um, (laughs) he says, he says,
1: says, so fast that it is at rest. So truly body that it has ceased being body at all.
0: Yes, that's, that's exactly what I meant. Yeah. So um, it's like uh, a bicycle wheel. A bicycle mm. wheel is essentially like, it's, it's kind of 99.9% nothing, isn't it? You can put yes. your hand through it. Put your hand through it. You start spinning it, then try putting your hand through it. You can't because those, those bicycle spokes are moving so fast that it becomes a solid, solid thing. And mm-hmm. that's effectively, I think that's effectively what's going on with atoms, isn't it? They're moving so fast. But right. they're like 99% nothing, you know. But if you could reduce that down to just one particle, and that one particle was moving so fast through everything. Just read that. Can you read that back again? That bit where he says, "If it was, um, if it was moving so fast, yes, it would says, be one one says, place." At,
1: yes, he says, if, "If movement is faster than that which moves, is more nearly in two places at once. If movement were faster still, the moving thing would be in all places at once. Yes, so, so fast that it is at rest. So truly body that it has ceased to be."
0: Body. And I'm going to say that the speed that you're probably looking at there is light speed. It's mm. probably that physical bound, that physical barrier that we just can't, we can't reach that point, point. and that's why everything seems to be
1: solid. so, so funny. God, man, you got to read this book. You really what's, it, read what's this
0: that? Book? What's that book called again? That's C.S. Lewis.
1: It's called it well. It's called this. It's called the space trilogy. So it's real easy. Mm. The first book is called it's called Out of the Silent Planet, and the second book is called Perelandra. And it's even better. It's even better, man. Uh, you gotta you gotta read it.
0: He was a he uh, was a bright guy, wasn't he, old C.S. Lewis? Yes, C.S. Yes. Lewis. So that's uh, that's duality. We think we think it's an illusion,
1: but a necessary one. But a necessary, a necessary
0: one. one yeah yeah and i would reduce it down to it being just one particle that's in every place Mm -hmm. at once or is going so fast it appears to be in every place at once and it's the vibration it's the vibration and it's the manifestation all at once and that's that is essentially brahman manifest that's what i hold on slow down pop the brakes for a second
1: before you on. let me just think about this a particle i'm imagining the particle is god yeah, self-contained and complete. Um, you know, self-sufficient. I'm imagining like a glowing orb is what I'm imagining. That's all that exists, God.
0: Well, I, I would say that's God manifest. Okay. God unmanifest or Brahman unmanifest wouldn't even be the electron. Yes. The
1: okay. Hmm. So, but but the idea that God that God whatever that is is moving so fast that it's in all places at once. Yep. In, in a way, in a way that means that there's an infinite there's an infinite number of gods right if it's in all places in an infinite space then you know you could divide up space into discrete chunks god would be in every one of them so god would be one in many simultaneously by by virtue of of being fast enough that's really yeah i mean i i
0: wouldn't i wouldn't say it's it's in reality it's in every place at once it's going so fast, it appears that what so use an example of a computer for a moment. Yeah. So um, when you when you've got a computer, it will a a computer program, for example, let's say you've got a computer and you've got like four programs running. Yeah. You you think you've got four programs running, but in actual fact, you haven't. What's actually happening is the the CPU is given um, memory to this program and then to this one then to this one then to this one then back to the first one it's jumping between the four programs but it's going so fast you it, it kind of you could have like youtube and twitter next to each other working away and you think oh you know they're both working together simultaneously they're not yeah. the memory is split between the the two and i think i think like you know these days we've got like quad core CPUs and eight core CPUs and that sort of thing. Then, you know, you're then, you're then up to kind of each, each core is then dealing with a different program of its own sort of thing. Mm. It's not as simple as that, but yeah, but effectively if if you've got like a, a God particle, as it were, it would be, it would be spreading itself out through the universe at all the places Mm. it needs to be so quick that it, the whole thing appears to be working together. Mm. This is why I think, you know, from a conscious level like if we don't need to be seeing something and processing something like right now, I'm not, I'm not in the UK. I don't need to see the UK. I don't need to see anything that's happening in the UK. To me, that part of the program isn't, isn't accessible right now. It's offline. You know, it's like in a, it's like in a computer game where as you move through a, um, you know, a computer simulation game, all the, all the possibilities of, X, Y, Z coordinates and what would be at that coordinates is in the program. It's all programmed into it, you know, and it could even it could even be kind of um, it could even be that certain coordinates. There's nothing exists until you actually you get to that point in the game. You get to the X, Y, Z coordinate in the game and then it runs a function that creates a scenery around you. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. So I I think I think the idea the reality in terms if it, if it is like an electron that's bouncing around or a quark that's bouncing around I think it only bounces around as much as it needs to. Mm. I don't think it's going to be everywhere or simultaneously all at once. It's only going to be in the places it needs to. Like that CRT scan on the screen, it's only yep. going to be in the places it needs to be. If it's if it's a black it's a black area of the picture, it won't shine on it.
1: Hmm. Right. Yeah, that, <laughs> I still like the idea. the idea that uh, you know that um, even if it's an illusion that it's in two places at once, the it, it, the perception is that it is, hmm. and it so is and so that's that's the illusion of duality right there. Yep. And yeah, I just like I just like that man. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like a computer that, that does multitasking. So it appears to be doing more than one thing, but in actual fact, it's not. It's just doing one thing very quickly. Mm. Mm. I like that. That's good. <laughs> we need to write a white paper on that. Okay, so uh, have, we, have we done duality to death now? I, I think, think
1: so. I think, I think so. Done that. Um, I, have a, I have a question Go for on. you before we jump over to... Uh, Free will. Yeah, because I've, um,
0: I've got a thought I want to run past you about free will. Mm.
1: Yes, I definitely want to. Um, this is just a silly question I want to ask you before uh, I lose a spot to do it. Um, so it's Saturday here, and Saturday is college football day um, yep. in the States. We uh, love our college football, American football. I do I do myself. And then I, it occurred to me that I didn't know if there was a parallel with soccer, with with. Uh, soccer in, in England, and so this oh, is an, a completely yeah. question, a question from ignorance. Do do universities have soccer teams? Yeah, like yeah. The big college football teams here. Yeah,
0: now? yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: and you fill stadiums with people uh, to watch co- uh, college. Um, uh, I
0: don't know if it's I don't know if it's that big to be honest. Okay. Uh, I mean the big the big thing when it comes to colleges uh, and universities uh, tends to be rowing. Rowing. Mm, yeah, there's the uh, Cambridge University and the Oxford University. Every year they have a uh, a boat race <laughs> okay. down the river. That it, that the-
1: sounds like some Ivy League stuff. Yeah, that, that sounds yeah. like some some Harvard boys would do over yeah, here. Yeah, I'm
0: not. I mean, I could, I could be wrong. I'm not a particularly big sports person. Um, okay, but f- I mean, football in general is is like absolutely. You know, it's the nation's game, isn't it? Football. And then I'm over in uh, now I'm in Australia. I'm, I'm not sure what it is over here. Cricket, maybe. They,
1: they do. They do. Um, what is it? Um, Aust- there's there's Australian rules football, right? Isn't there like a is there? like a rugby football type of thing that they no,
0: do? It, w- it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and they've got <laughs> all their <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. China, trying China. To, trying to, um, it, it's funny. I love living here, but some of the things are like really alien to me. It's just. Such it's yeah. Oh, just it's weird little things like uh, we haven't got any radiators. Uh, you open the window and it's hotter with the window open than it is with the window closed. Um, <laughs> things like in the UK, the postman walks up your drive and puts the letter, letters through a letter box. Through, well, they call it a letter box. It's actually a hole in the door, which lets, sure, all, the, which yeah. lets all the rain and the cold in. So he puts it through there, yeah. and you find your post on the floor in the morning. Here, you have to walk down to the end of the down to the front of the road yeah yeah and pick up like in one of those little mail boxes yeah 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 and they don't they don't even i don't know if you have where where you are whether they have like a little flag that they put up to say that there's mail in the box no they don't do that here no they don't you just have to go down there every day there's no more mail yeah I'll,
1: i'll tell you it's um it's what you're describing, where you have a uh, an opening in the door, a little yeah. metal, a little metal flap,
0: little metal you flap, the
1: mail yeah. into it. Yep. Yeah. Um, that I've seen it. Like I know about it, but it's very old-fashioned. So here, here in the in the states, the idea that the postman would come and put the mail into the door, it, it sounds like something that would happen in an old movie, but yeah. doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Um, and there are old neighborhoods where the mailbox isn't is not at, at the street. It's on the house. So the mailman will come to the house. He'll open up the lid of the little metal box, uh, you know, which is the case in my house. Oh, it's a little box.
0: A box. It's a little metal box Mm -hmm. bolted to the
1: house with my address on it. He opens it up and sticks the mail in. And if I put the flag up, it means I have mail in there for him to take with him.
0: Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, So in the UK and in Australia, you don't get your mail collected. You have to go to the post office or pop it in a post box.
1: That's so why America's the greatest country in the
0: world. America's is. amazing. Oh, and the other, the other thing that's a right pain in the butt is uh, Amazon. It's absolutely crap in Australia. Really? It's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's hardly any choice compared to what I had in the UK. And when you order stuff, it takes like weeks to arrive, some of it. Really? Absolutely weeks. You know, like I ordered a drill bit two weeks ago, and it's, it's going to come at the end of October.
1: That's unacceptable, man. I, no. Unacceptable.
0: And that's on Prime. <laughs> that's with Amazon Prime. It's like
1: unbelievable.
0: Yeah. And um, Australian TV. I'm sorry. I'm sorry fellow Australians. Australian TV is rubbish. Rubbish. It's really bad. I haven't the slightest. I've never seen it. It's really bad. Yeah. Right. So, um I've got this idea I want to run past you. Yes, please. I've been dying to dying to run this idea past you. So um, free will. Okay. see if I can explain this. Um, Sometimes it seems to me that when I do certain things, even if I kind of consciously think, shall I do this or shall I not do this? There's kind of a moment almost at the last minute where the decision is actually made. Shall I make a cup of tea? Shall I not make a cup of tea? Yeah, shall I shall I stand up? Shall I not stand up? There's a moment where the decision is made, but I almost don't feel like I'm in control of that decision at that point. It kind of just happens, if that okay. makes sense. don't know if that yeah. if that makes sense. Almost as if um, I'm the, the, the way I'm going to try and explain this is, is like a, a, a tree branching out, OK, like a family tree branching out. So if you imagine you're at at a particular point in space and time, and there are three possibilities. You can go forward, you can go right, you can go left. Um, I, t- I tend to think, you know, like if I go right, well, I decided to go right, you know, and left and forward were just choices that were not not made. Yeah. Even though it's sort of even then, it still feels quite instinctive. You know, I've done that, but. You know, logic would say if I could go back to that point in space and time again, I could choose forward or left. But it almost feels like, you know, I've gone right. And that's the only decision I could have made. So what I'm starting to think is when you're at a point in space and time where there's like, let's say, just three options, but obviously there's infinite number of options. Could it be that every option is actually occurs, every single option occurs? I do go forward. I do go left. I do go right but what it is that is becoming my reality of having gone right is it's almost like the it's not the quantum field as such that's collapsed but it's the consciousness field has collapsed for this stream of consciousness going right yeah okay. but there's there's another version of me that went forward that feels equally as conscious as i do and another version that's gone left that feels equally conscious as I do. So you've got sort of the multiverse idea, yeah. But it's actually the consciousness itself that is splitting mm. at each point, yeah. Okay. Uh, the other thing on that, I mean, this is a bit of a side point, but you and I have got like a, a, a friendship. Um, you know, our minds are kind of connected to each other. We're we, we're talking to each other. The same thing, you know, like with my dad, my mom, my sister, my old friends, et cetera, yeah. Um, Like my mum has died. So in this conscious universe, it's like that connection is no longer there. But if I was to backtrack down that branch, there's going to be infinite number of other possibilities where my mum didn't die that day. She's still out there in one of the universe, in one of the universes. And mm-hmm. There's still a version of me with this consciousness, but it's a, a different sort of fractal instance of that consciousness It's still still interacting mm-hmm. with her. And because okay. because I've kind of I've split off from that that at that, uh, that point in space and time. I'm st- I still have a connection somewhere with the other versions of me, even if even if it's kind of subconscious. Okay. So, you know, like when you sort of get the feeling that, you know, there's there's a dead loved one nearby or you still feel connected or,
1: you mm, know, y- yes. you have
0: a dream. Like I'm always having dreams about my mom and she's telling me stuff in my dreams. Is that yeah. not a bleed through from, is there like mm. a, a connection, albeit electromagnetic again or whatever? Is there a faint mm. connection between all those other possibilities? Um, so I would say free will from that perspective doesn't actually exist uh, from the point of view that when you get to the point... Every every choice is made, and your your consciousness just continues down one path that you know for this version of me.
1: That's very interesting. Have I
0: have I explained that?
1: You've so you've solved the problem of free will in a very interesting way I've never heard before. Hmm. So, and I think you alluded to this, but I'll just say it for the audience. There's a physicist whose name was Everett,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um, I can't remember his full name, but his his type of, uh, his understanding of physics is called, they call it Everettian because of his name, right? So um, Everettian, the Everettian understanding of um, um, this sort of uh, mul- multiple uh, universe or, or um, multiple dimensions uh, description that you just gave us uh, is that when a quantum event happens, um Every possible outcome of that event occurs. It's not just the one that you saw, but every possible outcome. And what that means is that the that the universe split off at that moment into a certain number of different directions for each possibility. So it's called the multi or the uh, many worlds interpretation of mm-hmm. quantum physics. Yep. So every one of those potentials created a whole new world where that happened. And what you're and what and what you're saying here is that every choice you could have made happened, right? Every choice you could have made happened. Yep. So it so free will doesn't have any context. It it couldn't it couldn't Correct. exist yep. in that frame of mind. Which is brilliant. I've never heard that before. And
0: it's the same it's the same consciousness that has branched off into this reality that has branched mm-hmm. off into the other reality, the other one and so on. If I was in any of those other realities, I would still feel like me. Just me having made a different choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So there's but that, some that kind comes of- Yeah, that, well that comes back to the idea that probably if I was you, if I was in your body now, I'd probably still feel like me. Yeah, yeah. I might express myself differently. You know, I might think slightly differently because my biological makeup will be different. Mm. But that that sense of the I am who I am would still be the same. And I think that probably is the case across all these multiple different versions of me that's made different choices.
1: I think that is the case. I, there's this thing that people say that's true that mm-hmm. I think Aldous Huxley said it. He said that. Conscious beings are island universes. And the idea is that we're contained. We're, I can't know what it's like to be Daniel. And Daniel can, can't know what it's like to be me. We're, we're island universes completely cut off from each other. There's no interaction possible. Um, and there's something true about that because we have a private personal experience. We think of it as private. You can't hear my inner thoughts. You don't know my my emotions or opinions or whatever. However, I believe the, the spirit that animates my body is the spirit that animates your body? Yeah, exactly. And what what it feels like to be me is what yeah. it feels like to be
0: you. And it's kill. the same. It's the same spirit that is going to uh, animate different versions of me in different alternate realities. Um, now, I, I ran this idea past Mariella last night. She she got it as well. She was like, "Yeah," um, and she said, "Have you ever felt like a version of you?" from a day to day point of view, you probably don't really notice the, the, the different versions of you splitting off. It's very it's very seamless. You just feel like you're going going through life. But sometimes something very dramatic happens in your life and it's almost like it shifts like there's, there's a real big shift and you suddenly feel that you've been knocked sideways and you're actually on a new trajectory altogether. And it's it's so extreme that you actually feel like an old version of you has died. You don't actually yes. even feel like the same version of you anymore. It's like, yes. so like with code, you know, just to use computer code as an example, again, you know, when you're doing like a GitHub update, you know, you might do a little tiny change and it goes from one version 1 to vi- version 1.01, version 1.02, version 1.03, you know, little tiny changes. No one really notices. It's all in the background. Yeah. But then suddenly you do an upgrade and you jump to version 2 and it's like, whoa hang on <laughs> something, something just moved there um, I think I've had that experience a few times I think back mm. in uh, November I had that experience where it just felt like an old life had kind of gone whoosh, you know into a little box and I was a new me you know a reborn, mm. a reborn version that is, is kind of upgraded and it's like it just feels like you've parted company with the, with the previous mm. version of yourself
1: does it feel is there a mournful aspect where it feels to you like something died some some version of you died do you does that does that um, like resonate with you
0: for me i would say it's more it's more exhilarating than depressing it's like a version of oh okay this is me and looking back on the past events they seem quite alien almost as if they didn't happen Mm. You know the people that used to be in my life. Uh, mm. You know, I have still got memories of them, but they just don't seem as as real and part of my life yes. anymore. Uh, yes, I think that's. I think you know. I, I don't know, but I think that's what Mariella was trying to try and explain. She said it's almost a bit like you know when you've got you're watching a TV and the TV glitches from it, the picture goes out a bit yes. and then it comes back in. Yeah. and it's like, why well, I'm there? You know, it's like there's a little glitch in the matrix. Just for a moment, sends you sideways.
1: Hundred percent. No, I, I mean, I, I told you before about um, my own mystical experiences, and mm. I, I had, I had two that were particularly powerful, and they were experiences like that. Where when I was, when I came through the other side of those experiences, I was a different person. Like, like, yeah, um, I saw the world with new eyes things were fascinating to me like that. Like, would, would, you you know, say, would, you,
0: would you say you were a new person? Or would you, would you say that, like, see, see? for me, I don't feel like I'm a different person. I feel like I'm the same person, but I've shed layers of myself that were unnecessary.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that, think that's probably true. I think what the thing that stands out as the most profound to me is, It's like, yes, I'm the same person. You know, there's like a consistency in um, my memories and my face and my personality and my values and so forth. Although some of that stuff changed. Um, It's, um, how would I describe it? It, It's a change in the way I I see the world. Hmm. It's like, I, I'm the same me looking at looking at the events happening around me, but they don't mean what they meant before. That's it. So it's almost yes. like it's almost like the world changed. Yeah. Behind yeah. the scenes.
0: And when it, when that happens, like quite drastically, quite quickly, it can be a bit disorienting.
1: One hundred percent. Yeah.
0: You just think, where am I? You know. I mean, I still I still walk out, you know, down to my little letterbox outside, and I look around and think, what am I doing here in Australia? This is like. This is amazing. <laughs> How did yeah. this happen? You know, it's yep. so bizarre. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's one. Um, I don't know if that's covered everything, but I've, I've got, well, another well, hold on. I, go on, I'm going to
1: re- I'm going re- to recap for you my take on free will while please. before we leave the subject, but I don't want to, I don't want to, um, interrupt please. you. There's
0: something no, 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 I, I just, uh, in a moment, I'd like to get on to uh, your views on a couple of films that I've been watching.
1: Fantastic. All right. Well, before we do that, um, Remi- I mean, while I'm telling you this, stop me if you remember me telling you this before, but um, it, it, this is this won't surprise you at all. But the idea is um, I believe deeply, profoundly, fundamentally that we're, we're all God, that everything that exists is God.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And that has all kinds of weird implications when you start thinking what it could mean. Mm-hmm. And free will is an interesting question to talk about from that frame. So it's like… Um, if if everything is God and God, and this is kind of a, it. Almost seems like a naive thing to say, but you'll get it. What I mean, God knows what will happen before it happens. He's he, right. know, he, yeah, it's His God's plan. The world is unfolding according to God's plan. He's its creator. He's its destination. Nothing is a surprise to God. He knows everything. Right. So, nothing is. Nothing is going to happen that wasn't his plan. Yep. This is a traditional religious viewpoint. So if if that's the case, then I can't have free will personally. No. If that's if that's the case that, that everything that will happen, everything that I will do, God already knows. Yep. Because in some sense that means that it's already planned. It's yep. deterministic in some way that's beyond beyond me. Yep. And it's hard to get it's hard to get around that if you believe what I just everything I just laid out. If yep. You believe that God is everything and that God knows everything that will happen yep. uh, before it happens. But here's the here's the twist on the free will thing that I like. And it is that even if God knows everything that's going to happen, whatever God's decision is that I'm playing out in the world, that I'm acting out in the world is god's choice Mm -hmm. now if i'm god if i'm god acting out god's choice does it matter that i'm something like a puppet in this situation or am i no it's just the will of god being expressed
0: so so if god is all potentiality what you're experiencing is just god's choices even if he maybe god hasn't even got a free will but it's it's a it's a branch of potentiality that you're experiencing, mm. but God potentially is every possibility, so this is just one version of a a, ah, a, a universe yes. of God, yeah yes. it's all the other ones, so God is essentially everything all at once, everything yes, and no i don't so think I to- don't think it matters that you're a puppet because I think you're I think this is just a case of you're along for the ride. To be honest, I'm along for the ride. I'm just along for the experience.
1: But if my choices are God's choices, yeah. Uh, I don't care if they're free or not, right? I don't care if they're, that's God that's God's that's God's choice, man.
0: Mm. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the thing is, I think some people go about life without really thinking about it and they just drift along like a sort of leaf on a stream, you know. Um they don't really make any choices. It's just what happens, what happens, sort of thing. Yeah, more, some people are a little bit more thoughtful when it comes to things and they think they make choices, you know, but I think probably what's just happening there is you're, you're thinking about the options and your your intention tends to focus on one particular option more than another. You know, should I, should I, should I go for a run or should I eat that cake? Mm, the cake looks good. Right. You know, yes. maybe what you're doing there is, all you're doing is you're providing a feedback loop to whatever god or source or consciousness is behind all this and it's just knocking it knocking your consciousness in that direction you know it's the old attraction and manifestation thing again isn't it but it's like just coming back to that with the free will you know when you stand in front of a mirror and you you kind of raise your hand in front of a mirror and you you see yourself raising your hand in front of a mirror right the actual reflection that you're seeing you, you think it's happening kind of simultaneously with you, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's, ha- it's happening slower. Right. Because the light's had, you know, it's taking time to reach the mirror, bounce back, go into your eye, go to the back of your head, make a signal in the brain. Um, I wonder whether it's, it's kind of almost that sort of thing. It's like we are the the result of a decision that God has made. Mm. So our higher self, God, whatever, for this branch of reality has made that decision. We can't do anything about it. Mm. We can't do anything about it. You know, Um, you might, you might be able to, you know, if you really focus on something, you might be able to give it a little bit of a nudge in a certain way so that your consciousness jumps onto the other track. So to think, so to say, but I think every, every possibility possibility is playing out and we don't have free will. no. There's
1: this there's this idea that kept popping in my head and every time I would pop in my head it would go. Um what was it? Ah oh, boy.
0: Cause you got the uh you got the uh morality issue as well, haven't you? If if there's no such thing as free will, can you really put someone in prison for, you know, uh murdering someone or stealing from someone? I think you can, because it's it's not really about you know, it doesn't it doesn't even really matter about the morality or the whether or not you're going to be able to um get that person uh, what's the word uh, i'm looking for when they put people in prison they try to make them better it begins with a. Uh, oh, rehabilitate. rehabilitate um doesn't really matter the reason you're putting him in prison is just to keep them out of the way of everybody else
1: right Right. If if you say that somebody is not responsible for their actions Mm. because they are because they're determined, that doesn't mean that their actions are acceptable or socially acceptable. Right. Correct.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You
1: you don't you don't get off because you didn't have a choice.
0: Correct. So if you've got someone who's mental that's going around like, you know, clinically mental, it's not their fault. They're just clinically mental and they're going around murdering everybody. You can't just say, well, they're clinically mental. So we'll just let them get off with it. Right, right. Yeah. It, you know, they might not have any free will. It might just be an instinctive thing that's done. But, you know, you got to do something with them. You've got to do something with them. And and you might put them in a position where they're like a, cared for a little bit better than they would maybe in a prison. I mean, I used to, when I was a uh, Jehovah's Witness, you know, they're, they're big on the preaching and what have you. And we used to preach everywhere, like prisons. You know, Jehovah's Witnesses go door to door preaching, don't they? But they also go into prisons. They go into mental homes, and uh, I used to be uh, a pastor for the uh, effectively for the mental home. There was a high security mental institution, and it was people that had they were in they were in a mental home because they were mentally ill. It was a hospital, but they were there because they'd done criminal acts. So mm. they they murdered people, killed people, raped people, all sorts. Yeah, Um uh, long just been there? Oh, I did that for a few years. Yeah, wow. I used to used to go in uh, on a. I think it was a Wednesday. I used to go in and kind of. Uh, we had certain ones that would contact the uh, the local congregation and say, "I'm in a mental home, and you know, I'm interested in uh, religion." And I think one of the things they do actually, when you go in there, they say, "Have you got a religion?" And a lot of times, I'm pretty sure they say, "If you've got a religion, you kind of get." Uh, Extra visits you know from a pastor and and if you're locked in a mental hospital or, or, or even a prison you want as many visits as possible don't you yes. so they say, oh I don't know pick a religion <laughs> and we used to get like you know can you come in and visit patient number whatever yeah but that, you know they were they were in a terrible mess some of those people and it was like when they were on their medication they were kind of you know they knew what they'd done and they were really re- remorseful for what they'd done but if they weren't on the meds I mean, there was one. There was one guy. I went in. I had a, had a nice little Bible study with him, and uh, thought everything was fine. And then the next day, he was in the paper for stabbing one of the um, one of the wardens, one of the hospital wardens, in the throat with a biro. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> and you were and you. you, yeah. you
0: were was that, I was, was like praying with him and flipping, reading the Bible with him the day before, and you think, God, yeah, because yeah. when you when you go in, they say, yeah. Uh, like you actually go into the room with them and, and they make the patient sit in the corner on a chair and then the, the warden sits kind of between you and them and then you sit, you sit kind of near the door. So if the person jumps up to go for you, basically the warden springs on them and the door opens and you, you, you run out. Yeah. Jesus man. Brave but I, I don't think, I don't think you can say like, Oh, well they haven't got free will. So uh, just let them off. You can't for the sake of everybody else. You got to put them somewhere. You know, and if, 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 if they've made determin, determinate um, choices to go and murder somebody, you know, if it's premeditated and they haven't got a mental health issue, throw them in prison and throw the key away. But, uh, you know, if, if, if it's a case of they weren't in their right mind at the time, then I think you're probably looking at a mental hospital, aren't you? I mean, the, one, the ones in the mental hospital, even, even ones that have murdered that were mental, they do eventually get out. It's not necessarily a life sentence. They could get out within seven years. So no, yeah. it, is, it is possible but they'd have to prove that they're not mental anymore mentally unstable but there's not many get there's not many get out within 7 years the uh, the warden, wardens yeah. were saying a lot of them they they're just there for good you know
1: did you did you learn anything about human nature from that experience with the uh with the crazies any
0: um yeah, in, insofar as, you know, you, you see them kind of drugged up on medication. So they're all they're very numb. It's like it, it's like they're, they're kind of walking uphill in treacle mentally, like when they're trying to speak to you. But it's like you're looking at somebody and there's, there's definitely like a soul, a person inside that sort of shell, you know, um, and everything is just slowed down with the medication it's like they they desperately want to get out of it you know it's quite Terror. it's quite sad actually Hmm. yeah it's quite sad. and i th- i think the thing is you you sort of look at these people and you think that could be me that could be me you know if i was born I mean, in, born into a different body and a different brain i i could be a murderer i think that's that's, a,
1: that's the key that the, what you just said there is the key to like proper empathy um mm and and also to, to remain humble is anytime you encounter somebody mm-hmm. that you're that you pity or somebody that you think you're better than Any time you have that feeling that's what you should tell yourself yeah that could be me that could be me that is you
0: well you, this you is really it that me. is you and it's if we're saying that there's only one consciousness it's the same one consciousness that's shining on that that body that that body and brain that is somehow just not working properly um and it's receiving the signals, it's receiving the exact same consciousness that you and I are, but mm-hmm. it's reflecting it in a different way. You know, and that, that even goes for bad people, evil people. You know, you look at sort of Hitler, you go, evil person, you know, but if I'd have been born as Hitler, with Hitler's body and Hitler's brains and Hitler's background little mustache, little mustache yeah. I'd have probably done the same thing, you know. It's terrible to think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's
1: something, uh, that's something Jordan Peterson, the psychologist, um, he says often because he studied the uh, he studied the uh, basically the tragedies that happened, um, because of communism across the world. Mm -hmm. Um, and he and he, you know, he, he just basically says, like, would you, of all, I mean, imagine that you would be somebody in Nazi Germany, realize how terrible things were, and you would resist, but. People in Nazi Germany didn't resist. didn't resist. People in Nazi Germany were were going with the program, and you would have been just the same. Yep. You would have been just the same. Yep. You know, you think you're a hero. You think you're brave. You would have been doing exactly the same thing.
0: Yeah, that's it. You know, it sort of goes full circle with the old free will. That's why I think sometimes we have to be a bit, I wouldn't say uh, excuse our bad conduct in the past. If we've done things that, you know, now we think, we mm, wish I'd not done that. Don't excuse it. But I do think we need to be forgiving of ourselves, you know. If we sort of move to a point in our life and we look back and say, "Oh, I wish I'd not done that," you know, um, whether it's relationships or you know, sort of decisions that you've taken that maybe hurt other people, that sort of thing. Mm. You know, you be be remorseful, um, do what you can to sort of repair any any damage you've done, sort of thing. But I don't, I don't think you should be overly hard on yourself because, you know, given the same circumstances all over again, you probably make the same decision. Right. You know, it's at the end of the day, thought, thought processes are, I think, however much that consciousness on the outside is working on the body and brain, you've still got a biological aspect there, haven't you? You're still talking <laughs> about atoms, electrons moving around, you know, neurons in a brain because there's a theory isn't there if you knew the location of every atom in the universe every particle in the universe you'd be able to predict with certainty what was going to happen next right although with the with the many worlds principle i don't know whether that would work hmm. yeah. have we have we done that one have we uh, have we done yeah. the free will i think so can i come on to um can I just mention a couple of movies that I've been watching recently? And Absolutely, just get you let's do that. Yeah, let's something do that. a little bit lighter. Um, so I watched *Déjà Vu* last night. Have you seen that with Denzel Washington?
1: It's been a long time. It's, you have to refresh my memory, but I, I did see that. I'm pretty sure. So
0: the the idea is that they the government has created a machine which effectively takes you know that time is time is uh, represented as like a linear process. Okay. But what they've done is they've so this this is the past. This is the future, but they've they've made this machine where what they can basically do is 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 curve time back on itself so that the now. Is actually touching. The past Uh, for both for both people, it's now. And this this machine shows them four days ago. Yeah, now it it is all based around at the beginning of the film. Um, spoiler alert. At the beginning of the film, there's like a terrorist attack and a load of people die. Yeah. And the police guy is trying to find the the put the bomber the bomber that did it. And he gets introduced to this this machine where he can look at a screen, basically, and he can see what was happening four days ago. Um, and he's like blown away by this because they can zoom in on actual places, you know, like a, a house or a corner of a street or whatever and see exactly what's happening four days ago. And what they're saying is it's a this machine is the, the it's a digital reproduction of what was happening four days ago. But they're saying the data, there's so much data there that they're not able to, um, to store the data. It is just a, a live stream like we're doing now. Okay. which is interesting because our live stream is actually anyone watching this now, you're watching what we were saying 20 seconds ago because there's a delay. Yeah. So it's that sort of similar principle, but he, um, I say, you know, they can't have the storage to be able to, um, they can't record. They can't, uh, keep the data. They can't go back and look at other data. If, if they particularly, select a particular point to look at four days ago, that's all they can see as as a moving point. Yeah. And this uh, this police guy he's a little bit sceptical about this um, because when he's looking at the screen, the person on the screen from four days ago seems to know that they're being watched. They've just got that eerie feeling that they're being watched. And eventually he takes one of those laser pointers and he points it at the screen and the actual the light actually makes it through into the past.
1: And he says, this
0: is not this, you're you're hiding something from me here. This is not just a video feed of four days ago. And they come clean and they say, no, it's it's this machine that we've built where we're actually turning the the past around. So that actually is the present for that person back then. Mm -hmm. And then they start doing all sorts of weird stuff where he's like, if you can get a light beam back, can you get like a post-it note with a little... Little message on it that says there's going to be a terrorist attack in four days time. Ah. Or can you e- could you even get in the machine yourself and go to that? That's pretty cool, isn't it? And that was that was all about this um, branching universe theory again. You know, the old paradigm, uh, the old paradoxes of if if you did go back, would there be two of you?
1: Mm yeah that's very interesting that's that's you know you've heard of that idea like the einstein rosen bridge where, mm. they, where space can be pulled over onto itself so you can travel you know across the galaxy in a short period of time mm. but you just but the movie that movie just does it with time That that's really interesting i i, I definitely saw that movie but it's been a long enough time oh, i it's brilliant
0: and there's it, there's it, a it looks, there's a there's a scene in it where he um so they've got the the machete, they've got the screens in in the the sort of surveillance room, yeah. Uh, and they manage to they manage to find the the perpetrator of the terrorist attack. They manage to find him on the screen, and they're like they're following him on the screen. But then he he starts going further away from them, from their location, and they they, they it only works within a certain location. So what they've got they've got a they've got a a car. Well, it's it's like a Humvee with a mobile version of this machine that you stick on your head. And he jumps in the car and he goes, he goes chasing off driving this car with this machine on his head. And like out of one eye, he can see everything that's happening oh now. God. And out of the other eye, he's seeing a, a feed of what happened four days ago. So he's driving down the highway and there's like, there's vehicles that aren't even there now. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like, it really yeah. might mind bending. Oh yeah. Mind bending. It sounds
1: like a good one. It was a good one. i going
0: to have to rewatch it. Yeah, go and watch that one. That's, uh, well, you no need now. I've explained it all, haven't I? Um, the, other, the other one is, I just want to get your view in the last sort of 10 minutes on um, the Tom Hanks movies with uh, produced by Tom Hanks and Ron Howard, I believe, uh, based on Dan Brown's books, uh, mm. Da Vinci Code, Angels and Demons, and Inferno. So Da Vinci is... The Da Vinci Code is the idea that there was a Holy Grail, but it wasn't a cup. It was a female. Betcha. And that female was Mary Magdalene. Uh, And then the angels and demons is all about the Illuminati, uh, that the Catholic Church drove the Illuminati that were all about science and reason, drove them into the ground. And they basically became enemies of the church um mm. that's the other one and then the final one which i'm not sure you've watched is uh inferno is all about dante's nine circles of hell so shall we start with the da vinci one have you have you had yes, any please. thoughts on um whether or not jesus ever got married to mary magdalene and was there is there a bloodline that could be traced
1: well it's, it's very interesting um I would say that the most compelling evidence that I've heard is not very compelling at all. And it's just that um, a a Jew in the first century Palestine of Jesus' age would have been married. Even if he were a Hmm. rabbi, he would have been married. It's very, very unlikely that he wouldn't have been. Um, So, you know, I think that it's hard. It's difficult to argue with that, even though there's no evidence in the Gospels apart from apart from you know a certain interpretation of uh, his, his relationship with Mary Magdalene mm.
0: um,
1: so so it's a possibility for sure um, and so the idea that Jesus might have uh, a lineage on earth today that there might be people sharing the DNA of Jesus um, I think in, pr- in pr- practical reasons I don't think that is any different I mean I don't think there's God DNA in there I don't think there's any kind of special yeah I I, I mean I honestly don't this goes back to what I said, kind of at the beginning. I don't know that there's a difference between I agree. What's, what's described in, as an incarnation. Yeah. Whether it's Jesus or you or I. Yeah. Um. Uh, I said that on.
0: Uh, I, I said that in one of my uh, podcasts the other day. I said I. I don't think Jesus is any more special or a son of God than any one of us is a manifestation of whatever the source is that underlies reality.
1: That's it, as mm. Daniel would
0: say. That's it. That's it. Yeah, no, I think so. I th- I think you're probably right there that if there that there probably is a, a lineage somewhere, it's totally reasonable there could be. Mm. But I don't think you'd sort of be particularly able to tell that they're any different than anybody else.
1: And and here's the here's the thing. If you track down living descendants of of Jesus and Mary Magdalene, mm. if you track them down in you know the 21st century, do you think they would be princes and Gandhis and you know Mother Teresa's, or do you think they would be crack addicts in San Francisco <laughs> on, living on the street? Yeah, you know just, what I mean.
0: Just as easily be the uh, the latter. Just as easily. Yeah. Just as easily. And that, that's that's the reason why this in this Dan Brown book, you know, the Catholic Church is so were so um, keen to kind of quash the idea. You know because I don't like the idea that that Jesus would have had a, a person that went on to be just a normal normal guy you know it takes the right. God takes the godness out of the equation, doesn't it
1: it, it, it diminishes the symbol
0: hmm.
1: you know it's like it, it, this is a silly thing, but it reminds me of um, it re- reminds me of the Christian Bale Batman you know where he's talking about becoming a symbol
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know what I mean it's like uh, it's impersonal. And, uh, and it's powerful because it's impersonal. The, you know, Batman strikes fear into the into the villains, even if he's not there. All you got to do is put a little bat up on the moon to terrify terrified.
0: Uh, yeah. The symbol
1: is very powerful. And so Jesus as a symbol is very powerful. But it's, yeah. it's easy to undermine that but with all of the, you know, dregs of human you know existence.
0: Well, it's funny, isn't it, that, you know, they would have a, a problem with the idea of Jesus actually having an actual wife. Uh, I guess because you know, particularly with the Catholic point of view, the whole idea is that the the Christian Church itself, the body of Christ, is the bride of Christ, the wife of Christ. Because right. mm. pretty much every god that I've come across in mythology, they've all got a wife, haven't they? Even even like yeah. Yahweh had Ash, Ashtoreth um, yeah, sure, yeah, right, as a, uh, a, a as a wife, and in some instances, I think she was actually depicted as he as his mother for a, a period oh. of time yeah but there's always like there's always this sort of consort that goes along with yes. with the god you know so the yes. idea that you know Jesus wouldn't have an actual an actual wife i don't think there's a problem there so da vinci code uh, the other one was angels and demons now what do you know about yeah. the illuminati uh, this is something i'm going to start looking into soon um people of reason and science I believe and they they kind of got driven underground at some point by the catholic church again
1: right yeah I don't I don't know much of the history there apart from just having read the book but it's been some some time ago what what I remember from that book was um wasn't that the one with the um the antimatter bomb uh
0: that was the last one that was the uh what was it hold on a minute um no. Yes, you're correct. Yes, it's the okay. antimatter bomb. Yes, you're right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And the and the an- and the
1: anagrams or whatever they're called, were they were the
0: earth, wind, yes, fire and yes. what have you. And there was like four cardinals that were being nominated as the next pope. Right. Yeah. And someone was basically fabricating that there was an Illuminati that was killing off all the pope candidates. And oh, it and it turns out. Just turns, out, turns it, out it was just a guy that that kind of wanted to be the next pope. Yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah.
0: I yeah, can't. So the, I can't yeah. see. Uh, I can't see that. F- was that film actually filmed in the Vatican? I can't see it was. I can't. I can't <laughs> see they'd have let them in with all those ideas.
1: I'm. I'm going to say one of the things that um, that are cliche, but the book was <laughs> way better than the film. Angels and yeah. demons. It was it was my favorite uh, Dan Brown book apart from uh, he had one that he before he got famous it was called I think it was called deception point did mm-hmm. you I'm no, not saying that one. I've
0: heard of it I've not uh, not read that one
1: yeah they, well just the gist of it is um, something these group of scientists in uh, Aust- uh, in Australia in Antarctica uh, find um, a meteor buried in the ice and when they when they get it out there's signs of life on the meteor so they have proof of alien life and there's this big uh you know to do about it mm-hmm. and, it, and it, it turns out that it was uh it was all kind of fabricated but like the whole story is really compelling until the end when you find out that it's uh it was kind of a hoax uh but it was really interesting and it's it's exactly like dan brown's style you know really yeah. short is you know it's really good deception point
0: deception point that's a good one yeah so uh so Illuminati uh, do we think they're at work in the world? Do you think there is aren't do you do you think there are underground movements um, Illuminati sort of secret societies that are actually controlling things? Mm. I don't know've well, got, I've, I've got a friend that that says he he definitely thinks there's there's bigger bigger things afoot
1: yeah, I'm trying to think of like um weather today the motivation to have a secret society would be to protect yourself from the Catholic church or, or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't yeah. know that the Illuminati as it would have existed, like, let's say in the middle ages or something um, it exists in any way today. But I do think that there's um, very wealthy people that have, Power and uh, ability to pull strings and they have and the thing Mm -hmm. about rich people is that they think that they are rich because they're better than you. And I don't I don't want to say that like like a blanket statement that rich people are Mm -hmm. bad or terrible or think you're terrible. What I mean is people who have accomplished a lot, uh, you know, a lot and have been successful, they come to sort of believe their own legend that they are successful because they because they deserve it, because they because they worked harder than you, because they're smarter than you, because they saw something you didn't see. Um, there's an elitism that goes on. And those people think that they know best. Mm. And so when it, come, when it comes to the direction of uh, the, the future, um, politics, society, how we're organized and structured, um, I do think that there are very rich people that think that, yeah. and maybe, maybe more than think, yeah. that they should be the ones guiding that process. And if only we would listen to the the smart people, they would they would make it better. They would make mm. life in the world better. It's interesting everyone. though.
0: Sometimes uh, rich and wealthy is uh, confused for smart, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, it is. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> so you got uh, Da Vinci Angel- Angels. The last one I watched last night was Inferno. That was the one with the uh, the virus, and it was uh, it was basically ch- tracking down clues to try and find this. Uh, This pathogen that was going to destroy the world. Um, and he was doing so by following clues that were in the Dante's nine circles of hell. Um, I I
1: gotta I gotta see this one.
0: Right. So what I'd like to do, if it's all right with you, we'll come back and do another podcast. Um how would you feel about next time doing a podcast about symbology? I think I think that'd be right up your alley. It would be. If we were both to go away. And separately, see if we can look up some ancient symbols you know I mean it might be the cross, it might be sort of snakes on trees and all the all those sort of things. look up some symbols uh, there might even be some symbols that are used in everyday life now mm. that have got some kind of ancient mythical kind of secret society sort of meaning
1: okay yeah yeah, do that so you, so. So you're you're gonna you're gonna pick some and I'm gonna pick some and we'll catch one. we pick get some and I and pick talk some. About them?
0: Yeah, yeah, and we'll see if we can put them up on screen.
1: I love it. I think I that'd it.
0: be good. Let's do it. And the other one I'd like to do, uh, if we can do this as well. Maybe sort of do that as one half and then the other half. Um, what can you find out about different versions of hell? So different Ooh. depictions of hell. I know the Buddhist <laughs> depictions are particularly gruesome. Really and that surprised me because I always thought Buddhists were like you know, really oh, yeah. quiet and calm. But if you look at the Buddhist depictions of hell, crumbs—they're—they're uh, they're terrible. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That would be good. I—I I got there's some cogs turning upstairs, so that would Brilliant. be good. I think that would be very good.
0: So that brings us to the end of our two hours. We've decided that duality is an illusion, but it's only an, its a necessary one. That's what yes. we've decided. And everything is God. Everything yes. is God. Yeah, God is the container and what is contained within the container. God is everything. Yeah, or God or source or whatever you want to call it. Mm. We've Mm. decided there there might just be one electron jumping around all over the place, like C.S. Lewis said, really, really fast. So it appears like that. We've decided Deja Vu is a great film. Yes. Go and watch (laughs) it again. And uh, we've decided Free Will is uh, probably not a thing. Probably not a thing. But you should still be locked up if you're mental.
1: Another necessary illusion.
0: Another necessary illusion. And uh, the three Dan Brown books are brilliant. Uh, they're better as books than they are as films. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> all right. I'm going to run the end credits. Uh, thank you, Chris. And uh, if you stay on, no, and uh, we'll have a little chat after. All right, all right buddy. So uh, thanks for joining us. We had a few people on the live stream there. Um, thanks for joining us. Come back and see me and Chris again soon. Bye for now.